Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Now we, you know, three weeks ago, the Lord put on my heart. We're teaching actually in a series uh, on, on maturing spiritually or growing up or, or growing up to overcome all these crazy things that are going on in the earth. And uh, not last week, but week before we had two powerful services where the Holy Ghost moved very strongly. And I only got to teach about, oh, about 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes at the most. And uh, the move of the Spirit just kind of took all of our time up. But we always, we always teach the Word. And uh, then last week we just taught and it was good. We had a good time and, and we taught in the early service this morning. And because and it was in my intention just to do it one service, but now we're in the third one. Just a refresher to, to tune you up in your faith, to encourage you, to keep you moving forward. And so that you will not lose your expectancy to receive from God. How many believe in to receive something from God? I mean something from God, something you can't get for yourself, do for yourself. You know God has to do it, Amen. So faith is an important component, for lack of a better term, it's the most important component. Amen? Praise God. So we'll, we'll wait just a few minutes, let the praise team get in here because I know they want to hear it. Uh, but God is doing some uh, great things in our prayer and our intercession. I, I wanted to say this to some of you that are coming and listening uh, to some of you pray how you started praying when you first came and how you're praying now. God is truly birthing uh, intercessory prayer in many of you. And uh, that's a true blessing, and we're going to try and uh, uh, we have someone in mind to help us uh, kind of focus that in the church a little more because I guarantee you when revival breaks out, we're going to need a strong intercessory prayer ministry to un undergird uh, the move of the Holy Ghost uh, that goes on in times like that. Amen? And so uh, many of you that come, uh, you know, you've, you've been able to see the change in your own uh, prayer life, how you reach down and you really... You really pray from the inside. It comes out of the inside. It begins to roll up out of you. Listen, if you've never experienced true prayer in the Spirit, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, when we pray in an unknown tongue, our spirit by the Holy Spirit prayeth. One translation, it says this, our spirit, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit takes hold with our spirit against that which would withhold, which means you know, if, if we were going to move, I, you know, traditional churches years ago when I first started preaching all had big grand pianos on the platform. Now they have, you know, they can play it on their cell phone, I think. <laughs> but, you know, there are those big grand pianos are beautiful. But if we needed to move a piano after the service and say, you know, some of you men could, could, could stay over and uh, help us move the piano, uh, then, you know, you'd have to come up, you'd have to get a hold, and we'd all have to move together. Well, that's, that's the way the Spirit of God moves. That's the way the Spirit of God works in intercession. The Spirit of God comes and gets a hold with your spirit and things that you cannot move or don't know to move in the Spirit, He helps you move them. And next thing you know, you begin to pray things out. And then a week later, you begin to, well, that's what I was praying about. Oh, that's what I was praying about there. Or that's what we were praying about as a church. It's phenomenal. The Lord spoke to us about the first six weeks. He said the first six weeks of prayer for the church. He said, for things I'm wanting to do in the church, for the building, for everything that is, that, that is going on for, for revival in the church, awakening, the move of God. And then last Sunday, the, a new phase of prayer started and now we're praying for our nation. And I tell you, our, our, pray, our nation needs 
intercessory prayer. You know, not just four or five people, you know, uh, uh, what is it, a moment of silent prayer? Let's have a moment of silent prayer for our nation. Let me tell you what that'll get you. El zero. I don't know if that's good Spanish or not. Where's <laughs> but it's a L zero is what you'll get, amen? A moment of silent prayer will do nothing for you. So, well, I think it's very nice to be. No, it's not me. We get out there and, oh, Rabbi we get, we get a hold of heaven, amen? So, come with us. Help us get a hold of heaven, and I guarantee you we're going to see the blessings of God. Now, faith, we're all called to live and walk by faith. Everything we do in the kingdom is on the foundation of faith. It is the only thing in the Bible that God says without it we cannot please Him. That means we have to pray by faith. We have to worship by faith. We have to praise by faith. We have to pray by faith. We give by faith. Uh, we operate our life. If you have a job or a business, you've got to operate that by faith. We have our marriages. There has to be faith involved there. Uh, if you're, if you're a, a, a young single man or young single lady, amen. I told Leah the other day, we need to pray a good crop of men in here full of the Holy Ghost. And all my single gals said, well, we're going to pray them in here anyway. <laughs> amen. I like it when people get... Holy Ghost people get married. Power couples. Praise God. We've got a couple that's risen up this year, Cody and Chelsea. That's a power. And then, and then uh, Chris and Bella. My goodness, the miracles of God are manifesting all around us. So praise God. Thank God. But by faith, amen. By faith. We live our life by faith. Our churches operate. Everything we've done as a corporate church, everything we did in field ministry, we did it by faith. And it's amazing how that process of faith, it, it gets a hold of that which is in the unseen. It brings it into the scene to be enjoyed, to be realized, and to be spread out and given. It's amazing. It's one of the most amazing process. It is the most amazing process on the earth, people living by faith. Now, just to review just a moment, it's, faith is simple. If it was complicated, I could never do it. I'm not a person that's into complicated stuff. I like simple stuff. We know that beyond a, a shadow of a doubt, faith comes. How do we get faith, Pastor? It comes from the Word of God. The Word imparts faith. So then faith cometh. It cometh. It cometh by hearing. Not by listening, but by hearing. Because there's a lot we listen to, but we don't act upon it. Amen? But when faith comes, when revelation comes to our heart and we act upon it, we know that faith has been deposited. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The primary way in which faith is released is through confession, what we say with our mouths. Speaking the word of God, speaking it to situations, speaking it to circumstances, worshiping God with that word. The primary way in which faith is released is through our confession. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, 20, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I mean, the tongue has power, and the word of God imparts life to it, or this world system imparts death to it, speak life. Speak life to your body. Speak life to your mind. Speak life to your finances. Speak life to your church. Speak life to everything that's that involves you and what you're believing God for. Can I get a better amen? Now, we know once you begin to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, then an opportunity will come for you to act on your faith. Now, acting on faith, your act of faith. Listen, the devil does not want you. Demon powers do not want you to act in faith. Because listen, as long as you're believing in your heart, 
as long as you're confessing with your mouth, faith remains in the heart and in the mouth. Amen. But when you act in faith, faith comes out of the unseen realm and shows up in the natural. You are acting on that. The devil doesn't want that. That's when power gets released. That's when anointings get released. That's when God begins to put his hands in the affairs of your life. Satan will do anything he can do to keep you from acting in faith. But thank God when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, then you act in faith. I'm telling you, you're fixing to get a miracle. God's fixing to break through into your life. You say, well, pastor, I've believed in my heart. I've confessed with my mouth. I've acted in faith, but I, I haven't received yet. What do I do? That's when you stand. It says in Ephesians, having done all, stand. That's where a lot of people get frustrated is they don't do all first. Say, so, well, pastor, I'm, I'm making a stand of faith. Well, what's scripture? What's your scriptural basis? Well, you know, uh, 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 well, you're not standing. What have you been confessing? Well, well, God loves me, doesn't he? That's where most people break down and start crying. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. If you're going to make a stand, do all. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, act on the word of God, rejoice every day, and every time you rejoice and thank God for what you are believing you are receiving, you bring it closer and closer and closer to you. And man, the enemy will fight you, but the good news is we have authority over the enemy. Amen? Now, we're talking there, we were in chapter 4 of the book of Romans. We looked, just one scripture in chapter 4, talks about how Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So fully persuaded, what persuades us? The word, the promises. What God has promised will fully persuade you. Remember last week I gave the illustration of, of invisible Bob? how we could talk about Invisible Bob all day long. We could have our Invisible Bob seminar tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and then the last night, Thursday night, we could, we could you know, talk about him, talk about his past, talk about his future, talk all. But at the end of our Invisible Bob seminar, you know what you're going to say? There ain't no Invisible Bob. Why would you say that? The reason is, is my human words have no power in them to convince you of the reality of what you cannot contact with your senses. But what if you did have a word? What if you had a word that could convince you of a city you've never been to? That's not on any map in a human experience. What if it could convince you of a benevolent, loving, caring God that's all for you and not against you? What if it could talk about a Savior, His Son, that would come to the earth and live and, and, and die and be risen from the dead to overcome everything that was a curse upon mankind? How in the world could there be words so powerful that could convince you that that is true, that you would give up your time on a Sunday morning, give up your time on a Sunday night, give up your time to go to a conference, that you would actually give money, that you would actually adapt it as the complete belief of your life. Because it's not man's words. It's God's words. And the Bible says of Abraham, he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, God helped him out. From the time that God spoke to Abraham when he came out of Ur of the Chaldees till the time Isaac was born to Abraham, it was Abram, then Abraham, it was 25 years. 25 years. Now, let me say something about the time process. The time process is either working for you or against you. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're walking by faith, rejoicing and speaking the word every day, 
the time process is working for you, making you stronger and stronger and stronger. I'd like to say that my faith, and I'm not bragging or trying to make myself look like I'm somebody, you know, somebody big, but I just want to tell you this. I believe my faith level right now is the highest it's ever been in my life because of the Word of God that I've been meditating, studying, reading, and preaching, but also because of prayer in the Holy Ghost because the Bible says we build ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So if you've been coming to these meetings, you've been praying, I guarantee your faith is on a level it's never been before. You're fixing to receive beyond anything you can ask or think, and God's fixing to be the God that will do for you exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Amen? Now, chapter 5, verse 1 starts like this. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look, I know we take this for granted. We read this, nobody runs, nobody shouts, nobody dances. But let me say this. How many people outside the four walls of the church out here think that God is mad at them? If you were to walk up just to somebody on the street and ask them, do you have peace with God? What, what, would, the, what would the majority of them say? Well, well, no, man. As a matter of fact, is he around here somewhere? He's been trying to get me my whole life. No. People think God's mad at them upset with them, agitated, well, out to get them. Well, he's God. If he's out to get you, you'd already been God. Amen? No, no, God loves you, and Jesus came to do what? To bring that peace back into the picture so that between, you know, between me and you, well, praise God, we do our best to walk in love. Between us and other people, we do our best. But between us and God, glory to God, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to it amplified. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace, the peace, let me find it here, the peace of reconciliation to hold on to, to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now look at the next birth. By whom also we have access by faith, now notice this, into this grace. Everybody say grace. Now, this grace refers to a specific dimension of grace. What is grace? God's ability working on your behalf. God's ability working on your behalf when you did not know about it. God keeping you alive when you were full of sin. God making sure you didn't destroy yourself. God didn't make, that was the grace of God released through the redemptive work of Jesus. Then one day you appropriated that grace into your life by believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead and you were born again. By, faith, by grace we are saved through faith. One, one translation says, grace was the power Faith tapped into it, and we were born again. But now, what is, now listen to me, what is, that, 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 that creates a question. If it says this grace, what is the specific grace being talked about in Romans chapter 5 verse 2? That is the grace that Abraham walked in for 25 years. See, there's your, listen. 
Time is an enemy to humanity. God, God, God could care less about time. God could, God can do anything He wants to with time. But God is a, um, excuse me, but time is an enemy to humans. From the day you're born to the day you die, you're on a time clock. The calendar, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the minutes, the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years. They just keep on going. I remember when I turned 50, my mother-in-law, Leah's mom, turned 90. And we were both standing at her kitchen counter. And I said, I said, man, Momo, I mean, it just seems like just, the years have just gone by so fast. And now here I am, 50 years old. She looks at me and said, wait till you get to be 90. I mean, it's, I mean how, how, how long is 90 years when you're 90? It's just yesterday. That's how fast it goes by. So we, we're, we're stuck in this realm of time right now. We're stuck in this realm of time. So we have to have something that empowers us in this realm of time to weather the time factor so time does not erode our hope. What is hope? Hope is expectancy. And many people, they'll come hear some teaching on faith. They'll get in a good, strong Holy Ghost meeting. God will move. They'll be ministered to, maybe get a word. And boy, their faith level will be up here. Then a week will go by, a month will go by, a year will go by. And all of a sudden, their hope gets eroded because they're not tapping into the grace they need to walk in faith. People say, how long does it take to receive? As long as it takes. Tell you don't have to believe for that anymore, you can go on to something else. Now, to whom also we have access. Now, think about the access we have. Oh, my goodness. Think about all the lambs that were slain and slaughtered in the temple. Think of all the ritual they had to go through. Think of all the danger that was involved in them approaching a mighty God in which they did not have a covenant necessary where they could approach it as an individual. They had to come as a nation, as priests, as kings, as prophets. And the common man like you and I had no access to God at all. And now we can just breathe the name of Jesus and be right in the very throne room of God. We, we take that so for granted. So for granted, access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, everybody say stand, and rejoice, everybody say rejoice. So there's an attitude here. Amen. You know, rejoice comes from the root word. Does anybody know the root word of rejoice? Anybody know? Joy. It's to rejoy. Rejoice. Anybody got joy? He ain't got a lick of joy. He say, how do you know? Because joy, yeah, I got joy. No, you don't. He say, why? Because when you have joy, you express, you, you sing, you dance, you laugh, you smile, you have all, if you got joy, it's going to come out of you. It's going to just blow out of you everywhere. That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So we must understand that we must stand. Everybody say stand. Having done all, stand. We must rejoice in the expectancy of the glory of God. So what is being referenced by the term glory of God? The glory of God is the experiential side of what you believe you receive. Now listen, I've had people a lot smarter than me approach me after meetings, especially a lot in Europe because there's a lot in Europe that's just crazy. And they have this, they're, they're religious, they're very religious when it comes to the Bible. And I had one of them in particular in Galway. I was holding a series of meetings in Galway's on the west side. It's more of a, a progressive. It's not like the old town, old town Dublin. It's, it, it, there's a large university there. And this guy really approached me. He says, now listen. He says, all that stuff you preach is true. 
And we know that's all the legal side of the gospel. But you're saying that the experiential side in which people actually experience the glory of God, the healing, the breakthrough financially, uh, the breakthrough in their... And that they actually enjoy... Well, that's, that, listen, that's all left up to the sovereignty of God. I'm like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. It's, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. It's left up to your faith. Amen. How much do you want it? How big is your want to? We've preached that before. How much? Look at the people that approached Jesus. He did not approach him. The woman with the issue of blood that Leah just read about. Uh, the Syrophoenician woman. The ten lepers. We could go on and on. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus wasn't looking around. Where's that blind man I'm supposed to hear? Today? No, they were looking for Jesus when their faith found him and the glory of God showed up. That was not in the sovereignty of God. That was in the will of the individual to operate in the faith that God had imparted to them. People don't like that because that, that, that encroaches on their religion. Amen. Now notice, go to the next verse. They're in verse 3. Now here we go. You ready? And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. I thought you was fixing the glory for me there, Frank. <laughs> now notice that again. Not only so, but we, now it doesn't say God's glory, it's we glory. So there is an inherent glory in humanity. It's in, now if you've noticed, if you've ever gone or been a part of a denominational church where you're not supposed to shout or dance or laugh or, or you're just supposed to sit there and be what? What's the word that's used? You have to be reverent. What did you say? Dead? <laughs> be reverent. Be re don't, don't, don't. What are you raising your hands for? Are you out of your mind? They have taken, now listen to me, the glory of man out of the church. And when you take the glory of man out of the church, you take the glory of God out of the church. Because the glory of man in the church initiates the flow of the glory of God. I've never been in a service where people weren't shouting, dancing, running, full of joy, drunk in the Holy Ghost, having a time in God, that God did not do something miraculous in that service. One of the ones that shocked me the most, I was in Edmond, Oklahoma. It was the last night of a series of meetings. We had a packed house. People were being blessed. And the glory of God fell in there in a very unusual way. I, I had not, very rarely, I mean, maybe one or two other times I had seen the glory of God fall in there like that. When it did, natural things begin to happen as people begin to shout and rejoice. Then supernatural things begin. They had, they had contracted a, 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 a Methodist man who was a concert pianist to come and play for the offertory. This beautiful, he played this beautiful song. He came in a tuxedo. He was so polished, prim and proper. Not a shout, not a dance, nothing. He sat on that first row and I, I, the, the glory of God hit that place and I stood up, backed up against the wall and was just watching it. People were running up and down the aisles. They were shouting. They were doing. A, and I looked at him, and when I looked at him, something jerked him up out of his chair, slid him down on the floor, and slid him four rows under the, under the church pews. 
He popped out on the other side. His collar was up like this. This is a denominational guy. This blew this guy's mind. By the time he got back to the chair, he was speaking in tongues. Well, all this is going on. People are bouncing like balls. I'm like, what is going on here? All of a sudden, a man got off of the back row, walked up the front, walked up to me, walked right up to me. As he came, I stepped out. I thought he was wanting prayer for something. He came up to me. He said, I have been a practicing Satanist. Now listen to me. A practicing Satanist for 40 years. And he said, I came to this service to disturb it, to disturb it with a chant or a curse. He said, now I know Jesus is Lord. You know what I said? I said, what? So he said it again. I said, take my hand. He took my hand. He said, pray this prayer. He prayed this. I let go of his hand. He fell in slow motion. When his head hit the floor, he was speaking in tongues. Now that's the glory of God. That's, you can't get in services like that without the glory. But listen, man initiates that. Listen, a little woman crawling on her knees who's been sick for 12 years and is so weak that there's nothing she can do but crawl toward the hem of his garment. That's the glory of man touching the glory of God. You say, what is she doing? She's putting out an effort. The problem is, is we've given our glory to, to football and baseball and basketball. Not so much anymore unless you're a cutout. <laughs> Amen. Say, so, did you go to the game last night? No, but my cutout was there, you know. <laughs> but you know, people, they'll go nuts at a ball game. You know, they'll scream, they'll shout. They'll, that's the glory of humanity in the world system. They're not, they don't suppress their glory. They go to rock concerts. They get under the influence of all kinds of stuff. They do all kinds of crazy things. They do this, they do that. You catch a big fish, you kill a big deer. Man will scream, shout, but he'll come to church and sit on his hands. The Bible says, now notice, we're talking about what? Accessing grace to go through what you're going through to get your answer into your hands. So in the trial, in the tribulation, in the trouble, in the temptation, you're going to have to what? You're going to have to glory. That means something working on the inside of you that's going to give expression on the outside. You've got to step across the boundaries of your character. You say, well, I'm, not, I'm just not given to that. I'm just, I'm just. They tell a, we have a good pastor friend. He comes and ministers here, Pastor Mark Brzee. And, and so I've heard the story. I've heard him tell it and heard other people tell it about him. But it's funnier to hear other people tell it because it's really pretty funny. They said when Mark got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and of course he went and li he lived with Brother Hagin for three years and, and worked on his team. He said, man, he was the most stoic. You know, you'd see him in services. He'd be just like this. He never danced. He never shouted. Of course, Brother Hagin, he'd take off, have a spell every other service, you know. And so uh, at, a, at a camp meeting one year, he, this guy that was telling me the story, he said he was sitting completely across the auditorium. This would have been in the Tulsa Convention Center, you know, 20,000 people there. And he said he could see Mark and Janet sitting across on the other side. He said, and the glory of God hit that place. He said, and people were dancing and shouting and running. And he said he walked over there and Mark's just sitting there. He said, next thing you know, he blinked his eyes and Mark's down on the altar laying on his face. He said what he didn't see was he, the power of God hit him and he, now this is this, this guy telling it, the power of God hit him and him danced all the way down the aisle and then the power of God hit him. That's not what happened. That's his story. When I talked to Mark about it, or Mark tells the story, he said no power hit me. Nothing hit me. Nothing happened. I just made a decision. They're getting something I ain't got. They're in something I don't have. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to run till I fall and he only made it to the front of the altar. 
power of God hit him, knocked him on the floor. That's glorying. That's when you glory in the God of your salvation. And a lot of people get stuck going through the valley of the shadow of death. Because right in the middle, they let their emotions tell them what they're going to do. They're going to let all kinds of situations. But no, as far as glory, listen, if you've got the worst problem in the church, you ought to be the one that the ushers have to sit down. Because every time we gather, you're shouting, you're dancing, you're glorifying God, you're magnifying God, you're exalting God. Amen. I was, we were preaching for Pastor B.B. Hankins one time. And during the worship service, a guy ran around the church, ran around the church again, ran around the church third time. And so Pastor B.B. Uh, reached over and said, that man was just healed of terminal cancer. He just got the report this week that there's no cancer in his body. He didn't have to take no treatments. Tumor disappeared the whole nine yards. You know, just, uh, and he said, the thing is, is he's been doing this ever service for months. For months. Until he got the report that he wanted. Listen, you got to glory in tri your tribulation. You got to start shouting. You got to start thanking God. You got to step outside of your character. You've got to begin to believe God that as you begin to do this, you're going to start accessing that grace where the time factor is not going to inhibit you from receiving from God. Now, notice this. Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh. Patience doesn't produce. I heard a guy preach a whole message. If you want patience, God is going to put tribulation in your life. I thought, pooey. Can you say that? Well, I've already said it, so it doesn't really matter. It was a horrible message about how anything that God, he will bring cancer, he will kill your wife, he will kill two or three of your children, and I, he will bring great tribulation into your life so he can produce some patience. Let me ask you a question. When has any trial, tribulation, trouble, or temptation produced any patience in your life whatsoever? None. That's not the way God does. That's not what the Word says. The Word says we glory in tribulation knowing that Tribulation does what? It puts your patience to work. So what do you have? You've got unemployed patients sitting on the couch watching America's funniest home videos. Amen. Doing nothing. You're going through a trial, a test, trouble, temptation. You get in the Word of God. Faith comes. You begin to confess the Word. Glory to God. Next thing you know, you act in faith. Next thing you know, you're making a stand of faith. Next thing you know, you start glorying in that tribulation. Not for it, but in the midst of it. What are you doing? You're telling the devil, what you're doing to me does not affect me more than what my God has already done for me. That's what you're doing. So you're shouting, you're dancing, you're coming to church because what patience is, is cheerful endurance. You could smile. Cheerful endurance with consistency. One of the number one things the enemy breaches in the lives of believers in a trial, in trouble, in tribulation, in temptation, is their consistency. I saw this in field ministry. I've seen it as a pastor. People, a family will go through something. Man, we're, you know, the wife gets diagnosed, the child gets diagnosed, this happens, that happens. Financial trouble, trouble at the job, get laid off, trouble in the business. You don't see them in church a week. Two weeks, six weeks, you run into them out in public. Hey, hadn't seen you. Have y'all moved? Are you going to church somewhere? No, no, no. 
We've just been going through some things. We, we, we've really been going through some things, and so we haven't been coming to church. Now, I'm not allowed to use this word in ministry anymore, but I'm going to use it anyway. That's stupid. You mean you're going through a trial, you're going through trouble, you're going through tribulation in your life, and the sole place on planet earth where you can get some help, you ain't going. Now, any other, any other, any other aspect of life that that was applied to? Hunger? I'm just too hungry to go to the store and eat. <laughs> My God, what's wrong with you? You know, we, what did we say years ago? Too ugly to go to the beauty parlor, you know? <laughs> Ain't nobody that ugly, we hope. <laughs> Amen. All kinds of extremes you could come up with. Too thirsty to drink. And every one of them you'd think, that's so abstract. But no, if you're going through a problem, oh, we can understand why you're not coming to church. So if you run into a friend, a family member, somebody that comes to Island Church and they say that to you, grab them by their shirt, shake them violently and say, stupid, 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 stupid. Come on, let's go to the house of God. Amen. I'm trying to help you. Man, you start glorying in that truth. You want to be in church. You want to be in prayer. You want to give. You want to sow. You listen, your heart is so tied to God. His heart is so tied to yours. Listen, you can't wait to be around people who are full of faith and full of power. Patience. Everybody say patience. Put your patience to work. It's amazing. She comes in. She mops up your emotions. She gets everything in check. It says that patience experience. Everybody say experience. Now, this is the type of experience. How many have had some experience? How many have ever got a prayer answered? Now, look at that. Look at all the experience we have right now. Years ago, in meditating on this scripture, the Lord spoke this to me. He said, your spiritual resume has power. Your spiritual resume. You, did you know you have a spiritual resume? Two different places. It's kept in two places. It's kept in heaven and it's kept in hell. And your spiritual resume in hell can be an intimidation to hell. And every time they believe God, they get it. Every time we try to attack them, they, they, they overcome the attack. What can we do? What kind of devil can we send? What kind of trial can we put in their life? I guarantee you it will keep your enemy in confusion. And in heaven, God looks at it and says, oh, that, 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 those are some easy people to bless down there. Because every time they get in trouble, they start shouting, dancing, glorifying God. They have, they have cheerful endurance with consistency. They stay with it. They keep praying. They keep giving. They just keep doing the will of God. Amen? You don't want a bad resume. And listen, don't think of it on, on human terms. Well, experience is the best teacher. Well, who came up with that stupid phrase? I hope I'm not hurting you, but that's, listen. Is experience really the best? How many have ever done some stupid thing, anybody besides me, and did it again? You did it again. Really? You mean you didn't learn the first time? I've always used the experience of, of, of jumping off the platform and running, sticking my head through the wall back there. And you know, as I stick my head through the wall, I hit a two by four, rip my head open. So next week I get up, there's a patch on the wall, and I, and I get up and preach, and I say, I'm going to tell you, by experience, right there where that patch is on the wall, there's a two by four. You know what you're going to say? Stupid, stupid, stupid. Amen. And a lot of people like that. They just rear back in life and they just run headlong. There's a better way. Walk in faith. Speak the word. Let it come. 
Act on the Word. Stand, rejoice, glory in your tribulation. Let patience go to work. And brother, you're going to start building a spiritual resume. It's going to shake heaven and cause everybody, shake hell and cause everybody in heaven to rejoice. Amen. Amen. Now notice this. And patience experience and experience hope. Now listen to this. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. Now, notice that again. Hope. I say hope. Now, these two components, hope and the love of God, those two. Hope is what? It's your expectancy. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The Bible calls hope the anchor of the soul. We can say it like this. Soul being mind, the way you think. Amen? Emotions, the way you feel. Your will, the choices you make. So if you think wrong, and you act wrong, and you feel wrong, and you do wrong, your soul is, your, 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 your hope is destroyed because the anchor of your soul has, has just, it's just let go. I got a place that I, I like to fish. One of, one of my favorite places where I fish, I'm going to tell you where it's at. But if you've ever, if you know the place, then you'll know where I'm talking about. Every time I've gotten a good anchor hold there, I've been able to catch fish. But if the tide is coming in or going out strong, it's hard. I don't care what kind of boat or what kind of anchor you have. The bottom is so soft, you can't get a good, you can't get a good anchor hold there. So it's frustrating if there's too much tide. Now, your hope is so powerful because every morning you get up in hope, you think a suddenly could happen for you today. The day you get up and you do not expect a suddenly or an immediately is the day you've stepped out of hope. Amen? Every day. I can't go to my mailbox when my phone rings. It does not matter when I see a little icon with a message on my phone. I think, an immediately can happen right now. He said, does it? Most of the times not. But I still have hope. Every once in a while it does, though. Amen? Now, Leah, years ago, Leah and I, when we were very young, <laughs> what are you yawning for? We were very young, and she was expecting. So we went to the doctor. And sure enough, our dreams, our hopes, our faith was confirmed that she was pregnant with Breland. And so... On the way home, she wanted to stop at Sherwin-Williams paint store. Have you ever shopped for paint? That's when the irritation began. And within the next few weeks, I had to plant some kind of strange grass or pull out, I forget what it was. We, she wanted to do this. She wanted to do this with, and, I, and, and just project after project. And I'm, I'm trying to travel. I'm trying to teach Bible school. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. So I, I went to God, her dad, to talk to him about his daughter. That's how you have a good marriage. Men, you realize you're married to God's daughter. Women, you realize you're married to God's son. That's how you have a good marriage. Anyway, so I'm talking to God. I said, God, this one about to drive me up the, up the wall. I mean, you know, she can just go away because I'm 
Can't you give me some meeting somewhere for the next six months so I don't have to deal with all of this? And I'll never forget, the Lord spoke to me and he said, she's not the problem, you are. And I'm like, me? Man of faith and power? Preaching to meetings, all international evangelist? Me? How, how could I be the problem? So the Lord began to deal with me about expectation. And she, he said this to me three times, which kind of irritated me. You don't understand your wife is expecting. And I said, huh? You don't understand your wife is expecting. I said, all right. You don't understand your wife is expecting. Therefore, she is preparing for an arrival. You're just waiting around to see what's going to happen. And all the men said, oh, be honest. So the Lord began to show me there's something inside her that has been planted and is growing. And that's what faith is. Something that gets planted and grows and produces expectancy. And when you begin to realize something has been planted on the inside of you, prosperity, healing, blessing, deliverance, whatever you're needing for your life has been planted by the word of God in your heart and God has given, can I, can I use this illustration? God has given you all this prenatal care to take care of what he has planted in you so that what he has planted in you can come out of you and manifest for your own benefit and the benefit of others. That's what hope is. That's why the devil goes after your hope. Many, many, many times people fail to receive not because their faith is not working but because they've lost hope. They no longer expect. Well, pastor, I was prayed for five years ago. Well, pastor, I sowed that seed 10 years ago. Well, pastor, I did that. I did. No, no, no. Quit considering all of that and begin to consider what you did that planted something in you that you're believing God can do in your life and then access the grace you need to go through the process. There are some processes you can't go through without help. I mean, know that. If you want to go to space, what do you need? Does anybody know? A space suit. Because if you go to space without a space suit, it ain't going to work. So what you need for, grace, for faith is what? You need to put on your grace suit. And your grace suit is put on how? How is it put on? First of all, you begin to glory in tribulation. Listen, the devil is a bully. You ever been bullied by a bully? Most bullies are all, you know, they're all blow and no go. Amen? And, and so, you know, one of the biggest bullies in my life, I hit him in the head with a rock, and he didn't know that I did it. But it calmed him down. Amen? You've got to realize the enemy, listen, he comes up and he hits you to back up and see how you're going to react. And your reaction, your reaction to the initial blow determines his next move. Amen? I mean, you come in, boom, all of a sudden, take a hit to your finances. You're like, man, we ain't going back to that church. They took two offers last Sunday. Can you imagine anybody doing that when we're in this financial condition? He j you just telegraphed to him. You just telegraph to your ad adversary. He's, now he's going to hit you again. He's going to hit you again. He's going to hit you again and again and again until he's got you down. But listen, if he hits you, and next thing you know, you write a check and you dance up here and put it in the deal. Glory to God. People say, what's wrong with that person? And then you get back and go, glory to God. Thank God for that offering today. 
He's not going to respond the same way he would if you just quit coming, quit giving. You say, why? Because you're glorying in that tribulation. And as you glory and worship God, glory in that, I guarantee you, the next thing you know, you're going to have this cheerful, you're going to have this calm endurance with consistency. You just keep moving forward. Doesn't matter what the enemy, you just keep moving forward. We're just going to keep moving. You say, why? Because we got this calm. And then next thing you know, God's up there working on your resume. Looking down, smiling. Say, look at that. Glory and in tribulation. Glory. Look at patience working on their behalf. The next thing you know, hope becomes that anchor and nothing can move you. I believe I receive. I shall have it in Jesus' name. Then, let me end with this. The Bible says, because. Everybody say, because. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost which is given unto you. Now listen to that. The love of God. Now listen. The love of God was shown you through the redemptive work of Christ. It was demonstrated to you. Bible says in Ephesians that we would know the breadth, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding. But this scripture says, no, no, here we go. We're taking it a further step, whether, whether, not a demonstration to you, but a planning in you. Of what? Of what? The love of God. Now, let me, let me help you. The love of God is the most powerful, unrefutable force in the universe. And he chose the love of God to plant in your heart to undergird and give you a foundation for faith so that you can speak with your mouth, act, stand, rejoice, glory in your tribulation, patience can go to work, you get experience, and hope never makes you ashamed. You know, have you ever noticed the enemy tries to shame you? Faith person. Talking about all that healing, and here you are laying in the bed prosperity person. Yeah, right. You should have held on to that money. That's the way he talks to you. You know he does. You know. But hope, true spiritual hope, never makes you ashamed because you know in here, God loves me. He will not forsake me. He will not leave me alone and he will not leave me without an answer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Father. Oh, how we glorify your name. How we exalt you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Have we still got all of the praise worship team still here? Guys, why don't y'all come on back up? Come on back up. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment. Anybody want to take just a moment? It's just barely after 12. Some of you need, some of you need, some of you need God to stir your spirit again. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify your name. Father, we exalt you. Father, we exalt you. Glorify you, exalt you, magnify you. We love you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I'm just going to obey God and what he's told me, what he has shown me. Some of the most powerful attacks, especially that are happening right now, are happening in our minds. 
especially if you've exposed yourself to a lot of news media, a lot of what's going on. Now let me tell you why for you this is different than for other people. And don't, don't, don't think I'm trying to push forward some philosophy or some idea. I know, I know this by, by the Spirit of God. I didn't see this on TV or hear this. Much of this is propagated lies. And when you are bombarded as a believer who is used to the truth with lie after 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 lie, and people talk about it, people they, they have panel discussions on it, and they talk about it over and over, lie after lie after lie. Because a lie, as the word is the seed of truth, is the seed of life. A lie is what? Do you know what a lie is? It's the seed of death. That's why they're spewing so many lies. They want it to produce death. They want people to do. What are they wanting people to do? Reverse faith. They're wanting to believe the lie in their heart. They're wanting to say it with their mouth. They're wanting to act on it because they know it'll produce death in their life. And you get bombarded with that. And so the Lord showed me something in all this intercession of prayer. He showed me the minds of men and women. Well, we know according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there's a warfare going on. That is 99 and 9 tenths percent of all the spiritual warfare the believer fights is in his mind. Amen. But thank God he's given us mighty weapons. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Pulling down our strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of the truth and the life. So here's how it happens. Because if you understand the strategies of your adversary, begins with a question which you can't answer. You ever had a thought come into your mind that was a question that you can't answer? Or if you could answer it, the answer produces multiple other questions. That's not God. God, listen, God, very rarely does God ask you a question. And when God does ask you a question, you immediately know the answer because he's trying to get your attention over something. I mean, I, I've never had God ask me a question and say, well, I don't know. I knew it. Because much of his questions have to do with his reproof or correction of us. But here comes the enemy with a thought or two thoughts or three thoughts. This, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? Why are you going to do it? What are you going to do it with? What about money? What about your physical health? You could die. You could get COVID. There could be another one come up. What about the election? What about the turmoil? What's going on in Portland? What's going on in Seattle? What about these people running for president? What about this guy who is the president? And it just goes on and on and on. And the enemy has set up an elaborate system to feed it. That's why we encourage you, don't live on that stuff. And a lot of it, listen, if you're trying to poison a dog, you're not going to put the poison on the ground. You're going to put it, what are you going to put it in? You're going to put it in a good piece of meat. Something, something that somebody wants to bite on. And that's what they do. They put it in, in, in good pieces of meat, good pieces of information. And here comes the questions over and over. You lay down in bed at night and here go the questions over and over and over. And, you think, and next thing you do, you begin to get weary. You begin to get tired. There is, a, there, is a ti there is a tiredness that has nothing to do with lack of sleep. Then you throw in trauma, some life trauma death of a loved one. We've had to deal with several incidents here lately with loved ones that have passed. A financial downturn, losing your job. 
a downturn in your business. You throw in some kind of trial, tribulation, trouble, or temptation, and now the enemy is fueled and he's ready. Now, it's like almost a machine gun pace. Here come the questions. And all you can really do is watch them go by in your mind because you know there's no ability in you to really answer them because that's how he plays. He doesn't play fair. Does this relate to anybody? Amen? Well, here's the good news. God can bring it all down to the simplicity of faith. He loves you. He gives you his word. It's all powerful. It's mighty. It's the uncorruptible seed of God. You're the good soil of God. He's put his spirit in you and upon you. And you can stop this in Jesus' name. You just have to want to. You have to have a want to in you. And so this is what I want to do. Because I'm telling you, there's some people in here and you're real tired. And it's not really that you're tired with a physical tiredness of lack of sleep. It's a weariness. It's a tiredness of all of this information that has gone on and on and on and seems to be endless and seems to get, be growing bigger and bigger. And you just, you listen, this is the word the Holy Ghost gave me. You want to disconnect from it. You're like, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm just going to live for God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going I'm I'm to be full of the Holy Ghost. But you find that hard to do because of this continual combat that's constantly going on in your mind. Well, thank God for the Holy Ghost. If that's you, I want you to get out of your seat and come up here. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to believe God that right now, God by His Spirit is going to break that in your mind and give you a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever you need to get your mind right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Lord, we worship you. I'm going to wait a minute. There's a few people God's dealing with. You need to come up. You need to come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, this may help you. One of the worst things you can do is to make a decision when you're not ready to make it. Now let me say that again. Many people have made major mistakes in life because when it came time for them to make decisions, they were too tired, they were too distracted, they were too angry. The, you, you name it. They were just, they, they like, I'm, we're going to do this. And, and you know when you're doing it, you're not supposed to do it. You know it, but you do it anyway because you're too tired, you're too distracted, you're too weary, and you just don't want to deal with it anymore, so you make a decision. Those decisions always hurt. Those decisions always destroy. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands right now. Everybody here, lift your hands. Father, right now, by your Spirit, by your Spirit, Lord, we thank you that the anointing of God is in this place this morning. And for each and every one of these that are here, I speak to demon powers trying to use the trauma of life to create endless questions in their minds of why this, where that, how come this, that. In the name of Jesus, we cancel the assignments of these spirits against these people now in Jesus' name. 
Now, Father, we thank you. We have authority to do that. But we thank you also. We need a touch of your spirit, a reprieve in the realm of our mind to reboot, to turn on the Word, the refreshing, the Spirit of God so that we will not make mistakes with decisions, that our decisions will be righteous, they will be holy, they will be of God, and they will produce supernatural results. Now, before I pray, let me do this. If you notice, everybody in here, since this thing began three, four months ago, how many of you notice that each and every one of us have had to go through something that seems extreme? That we've lived year after year after, and never really gone through anything like we've just had to go through. We think, why is this happening now? You ever thought that? Why is this happening now? Why did this happen five years ago? Why did this happen six months ago? Why is this happening now? Well, there's a reason. Your enemy has designed it that way to create all this craziness around you and then to produce something in your life. He's doing everything he can do to get you distracted. One of my greatest distraction stories, a pastor acquaintance of mine, a pastor's a very large church in, in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he was... He was rushing to a staff meeting, had his suit on, and his coat was in the back of his car, and he knew this staff meeting was going to go out for a couple of hours. And it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, and he was hungry, so he flew through Burger King and got a mustard whopper. Anybody ever ordered a mustard whopper? They put way too much mustard on those mustard whoppers. You ever notice that? Well, anyway, he, he got it, and he's in the drive-thru, and he's got his drink, set it down, he took off his head for the church, takes a bite of that mustard whopper, and a big piece falls on his tie. He's like, oh, man. And so he's dealing with this big old glob of mustard on his tie. But he doesn't notice that he's drifted over into the other lane of, of traffic. And as he looks up, about 15, 20 feet in front of him is an 18-wheeler going about 70 miles an hour in which he rips the car sideways, spins out, ends up over in the ditch. He says while he was in the ditch... The Lord spoke to him and said, the distraction of less than a penny's worth of mustard could have cost you your life. That's how powerful distractions are. And your situation, listen, your circumstance, the enemy's trying to use that as a distraction. To get your mind off God, the things of God, what's fixing to happen in the church, in the move of God, oh my goodness. It's building like a volcano fixing to explode. Come on, church, you're, you're, you're going to a church that's been in intercession for 49 days. When, when have you heard of that before? You can't make people do that. You can't produce that on your own. God's doing something, and He wants you to be a part of it. Lift your hands. Father, right now. Come on, honey, if you will. Father, or you can sing if you want. It's up to you, whatever you want to do. Come on. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we choose to glory in our tribulations. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks the yoke. And Father, we declare we will not be distracted by that which has been formed by the adversary. And Father, as we lay hands on each and every one of them, thank you that their mind clears, that 
there's a clarity in their mind like never before. They're able to refocus, grab hold of their inner strength, which is by the Holy Ghost, and rise up in God's power and will for their lives. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for Brandy, we thank you, Father. That anointing that breaks the yoke. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now just stand there and receive. Thank you, Father. Lord, in Selena, Jesus' name. Oh, digging deep the well. Digging deep the well. Thank you, Father. Lord, in Huli, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, grief, you're going to have to break. We know there's a process. We know that it's not wrong to grieve. But now the enemy's trying to lay blame. He's, oh yeah, all of the what ifs. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And as soon as you answer what if, it produces a hundred. We break that in the name of Jesus over your mind. And we declare a clarity and a purpose in his mind. Come here, Doc. Thank you, Father. Don't let them force you to be too busy. There is your education, your practice, yeah, your medicine, your wealth of information, then there's your spiritual life. One is dependent upon the other. You know what that is. But the enemy has tried to make you so busy. You said this, and you're a good man. Let me tell you, you said, I'll do it. Others have shirked their responsibility. Others have stepped out when they should have stepped up. Others have pulled back when they should have pulled it. And you've taken up the gap. And the Lord sees that. So rest in your spirit. Enjoy again your life. Enjoy again your family, your wife, your church, your God. Glory in the God of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Peace flowing like a river. If, listen, leave unanswerable questions to God, to heaven, to days ahead when all will be answered and every tear will be wiped away. In the meantime, regain your posture of faith and strength. Prayer. Prayer and worship, that which your heart has always longed to do. And even though the blows have been hard and traumatic, the Lord has held you in His hand and brought you through. So be free now to rest in the arms of the God that loves you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, hey, Lord, in our sister. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, peace. Peace in all of that. Peace and listen, you can't you can't act 
unrighteously just to stop or try and fix something. That'll never work. Wait on the Lord. His answer is nigh. His answer is near. It's close to you. It's close to you. As close as your heart, your mouth, that which you say and believe. And you do not have to compromise. You do not have to compromise for anybody. You don't have to do it. The Lord protects you. No one, no one will harm you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, now the Lord wants me to tell you many times when it doesn't look like it's working at all, it's working the greatest. And there's some things you're really believing for that your hope is strong. You're saying, God, you've got to come through. You've got, there's, this has to be you. It has to be you that has empowered us to believe. And God says, it is me. And from the day you begin to believe, the enemy begin to fight that, begin to fight that. Begin, in your mind, circumstance, things have happened. But God says, you have it on a downhill pull. <laughs> Just thank and rest in the promises that you've been given. Just rejoice and worship. And yeah, yeah, should I say that? Have a personal carnival. Enjoy each other. Enjoy the presence of God. Enjoy your family. Enjoy life. For it shall not be less than your dream. It shall not be less than your dream. It shall be even greater. Hallelujah. Lord, and my brother, thank you, Father. Thank you. Lift your hands up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You born again, Jesus, your Lord and Savior? You're full of the Holy Ghost. You ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues? The Spirit of God, when I stepped up, all he said was this. He needs to be filled. Now, if your car is empty, it's not going to run much further. I see your time clock. You need to be filled. Lift your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the Holy Ghost. It's in me. It rises up. It bubbles up. It inspires my language to change from a language I understand to a language you understand. So right now, as the preacher said, I need to be full. I need to be full. I need to be full. So I believe I receive a fresh fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, speak it out. Come on, come on, you got it. Come minister to him, man. Come minister to him, just for a minute. I need to go this way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't feed guilt. Yeah, we've all done things in our past that were disappointing. We've all done things we know that, oh, God is mad at us for that, or that disappointing. No, 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 that's just the enemy telling you that. God loves you. He sees you through the cleansing blood of Jesus. Let me just say, look at me, look at me. The enemy has tried to keep your mind thinking that you're still soiled, and you're not. You're not. You're as clean and as pure as the whitest snow you've ever seen in your life. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's how your God sees you. Isn't that good? Now I release her from all of that other clutter and garbage of her past. She is a new creature in Christ. All things 
have passed away. All things are new. She doesn't need that to feel good any longer. I break that off of her life and release her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Live simple. Pray simple. Think simple. Act simple. Don't complicate it. Just keep it simple. Keep it within the confines of what you know. Don't try to be what you're not. Don't try to do what you can. Be who you are. Do what you can. And you'll see there's more in your arsenal. There's more in your quiver than you ever thought possible. Just be you. And all of this stuff the enemy's tried to put in your mind will break in Jesus' name. That's it right there. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for our sister. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> We're going to make it. We're gonna, you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it. Yes, I break the power of those lies. Lord, I thank you that there is an edit system in her heart, in her spirit, that whenever she's exposed to information, she will know what is right, she will know what is wrong, she will know what is truth, she will know what is lies. I thank you. Those, yeah, some lies that have been said will not affect her from this point forward. She is a woman of God. She's a woman of faith. She's a woman of destiny. She is the apple of the eye of her God. He loves her with everlasting love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for Jeremiah. Thank you, Father. Now, sometimes you, you look for things all complicated. Say, oh, Lord, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. Sometimes it's right in front of your face. You can't even see it. can't even see it. It's right there, but you can't even see it. No, no, it's simple. It's easy. Jesus said, my burden's easy. My yoke is light. Come and learn of me. So that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. It's that simple. Then you'll see. You'll see that which God desires. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord the peace of God. Yeah, for both of them. Now temper it. Temper it. Temper it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Temper it. Let it pass. Let it go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Too many questions. Too many. Too many, too many questions that, that you know yourself there's no answer to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let that peace, let that peace, let that peace. Come on down here, sweetheart. Come on, lift your hands and worship God. Lift your hands, lift your hands and worship God. Thank you for, for my brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For there is some decisions that need to be made, but they need to be correct. They need to be the right one. The right one. And the enemy has used that which you need to decide as a weapon against you. But God releases you today to hear his voice. You're his sheep and another you will not follow. You will, say that with me, I will make right choices. I will make right choices. One more time. I will make right choices. Amen. Thank you, Father, for peace, healing, blessing Jesus name in her mind thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Lord Jesus. 
lift your hands. I'm going to pray. I want you to agree. The Bible says whether two or three agree is touching anything it shall be done of the Father that's in heaven. Now, the adversary has more, this is how the Spirit of God said it into my ear. He has more trauma scheduled. But today we are going to stop it. And the trauma 
that has tried to plague this church because we're pressing in to what God wants to do. The, the enemy is, the, the word that God gives is going to be thwarted, stopped. Because he's working right now to produce trauma in people's lives. It's going to stop. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, I'm going to pray. You agree. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the devil and his plans and strategies. We say no more death, no more financial setbacks, no more problems in business. In the name of Jesus, no more loved ones falling away from God, no more children being harmed or hurt in any way. We say in the name of Jesus, devil, you are defeated. You are under our feet. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. And we say no, 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 no in Jesus' name. Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now listen to this by the Holy Ghost, a prophecy. For you are surrounded by my love. And I've deposited the power of my word into your heart. And yes, there is a great stirring in your midst. Your adversary sees it in the realm of the Spirit. And he's pressed against this body. But I have drawn a line in the sand. And not only your voice, but my voice says today, Stop it, devil, that's enough. And when I declare, Stop it, devil, that's enough. The whole earth responds to that which I say. The whole earth acts on my word. No, you only can do it in your individual situations and corporately where I've given you authority. But when I speak, stop it, that's enough. Every demon power, Satan himself has to stop. Stopping their plans, stopping their strategies, and as he does, my promise to this body is refreshing, restoration, and revival like you've never seen. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Keep moving forward. For you shall see the glory of that which you have been called into in the days of the living upon the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God and you're fixing to see that in demonstration like you've never seen it before. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. Father, as is our tradition, we release by faith the protection and safety afforded us. Psalms 91. For every member of Island Church and all their family represented, we declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of transportation. We are protected. We are blessed in the righteous labor of our hands. We thank you, Lord God, no matter how we handle the resource you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that your hand of protection and blessing is upon us. Evil plans of wicked men, the devil himself, the strategies of accidents and trauma. We cancel in the name of Jesus and we declare a cocoon of safety around Island Church. This pandemic, other pandemics, other trauma and anarchy shall not touch one person represented by this body of Christ in Jesus' name. Thank you for the door of utterance as we leave today. Thank you that we can be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, an answer to somebody's prayer. Let the fire of evangelism burn in our hearts as we share and witness to others. Thank you, Father. As we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.